Take a seat. Welcome to Emmaus Church Community. My name's Nathan. So happy to see you here. Today's an unusual Sunday, <clears throat> and, uh, but it's a great Sunday to be here. In fact, my hope is that everybody who's associated with the church will be here either today at the 9 or at the 11. Um, but if this is your first time here or you're relatively new, let me just give you a little heads up. Um, we're going to just invite you into the kitchen this morning, and we're going to just kind of have a family talk. Um, this is our annual community meeting. It's going to be full of a lot of really fun and encouraging things. Um, so I think it will feel like you were in church today, but we're just going to go ahead and roll out some of the stuff that we don't often get an opportunity to talk about in church um, because our focus is, is something else. It's, it's just a more focused and primarily to worship the Lord. Today we're going to share what is going on in the life of our church community, and um, it, that is also important. That is also important. So if this is your first time here, I hope you feel right at home, and um, we will get a chance, I hope, to meet you in a little bit here. All right, I, I have been thinking in the last few weeks as we have reviewed 2019, as we have summed up a bunch of numbers, um, as we've selected some of the high points of our year, I've been thinking about this thing that we do here, this thing that we share, this, this, this thing, this thing that matters so much to so many of us, this is more than just a set time, isn't it? This is more than just a set place that we come to together. This is more than an event. It's more than a routine. It's more than a habit. It's more than a tradition. It is more than a meeting. It is more than a group. It's more than a volunteer association. It is more than a nonprofit 501c3 in the state of California that's required to have an annual meeting of its membership every year. It is more than that. <clears throat> Why? What is this? What are we? What is this thing that we're a part of here? The answer is both simple and it is profound to me. And I need to tell you that I am completely compelled by it. Completely compelled by this. We are a church community. That's what this is. That's what we are. We're a church community. The word church has 2,000 years of history behind it. And if you're 2,000 years old, you pick up some baggage and some bumps and some bruises along the way. Can we agree on that? So when people hear the word church today, who knows what they think? right? It could range this massive uh, scale of, of, of possibilities. Is the church an institution? Is it a building? Is it an agenda? Is it a club? Is it my friend? <clears throat> Is it my enemy? Is it about money? Is it about power? Is it about politics? Is it about fame? Yes, <clears throat> according to the culture, it's about all of those things, but according to the Bible, we get a different story, and may God help us to know that story and to live out and into that biblical story. According to the Bible, three things quickly, the church is something Jesus himself is building. Jesus 
responds, the first time the word church shows up in the Bible is when Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds to Jesus saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, God has revealed this to you. You're blessed because of this revelation. And I say to you, Simon, you are Peter, which means rock. And then Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. What does he mean? On this man, I will build my church. And on this redeemed, forgiven, and restored sinner, I will build my church. And on that confession of truth, you are the son of God the Messiah. I will build my church on that. The church is something that Jesus is building. Secondly, according to the Bible, the church is a living thing. It is living. It is, Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. It is an organic thing. It lives. The church breathes. The church hurts. The church loves. The church grows. The church influences. The church inhabits a particular place. It is alive. It is a body. And finally, according to the Bible, Jesus is in charge of the church. Paul extends his body metaphor by saying, we're a body made up of many parts, but there's one head and it's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Lord of the church. Jesus is the master of the church. Jesus is the great shepherd of the church, the writer of Hebrews says. So according to the Bible, the church is something Jesus himself is building. The church is alive. It's made up of many parts, and Christ is the head. Jesus Christ is in charge of the church. So what is this, <laughs> and who are we? Well, we're the church. And we could just leave it there. That would be entirely sufficient. That is enough. It is completely adequate. But for emphasis, to signal to our culture around us what we value, and to, res- and to serve as a reminder to ourselves, we have said since our very first gathering 775 weeks ago today that we are a church community We are a church community, and what we're doing is we're taking the most beautiful noun, and we're making it the most powerful adjective. We are a community, and we're not just any community. We are a specific kind of a community. We're a community that's built by Jesus for the glory of God and for the restoration of the entire world. We are a church community. We are a community Jesus is building. We are alive Because and only because Jesus gives us life and because Jesus sustains that life. We are a community over which Jesus reigns. He's the Lord. He's the true and the rightful king. We expect his return. There are a lot of things that are true about our community, but the most important is this. We belong to Jesus, friends. We exist for Jesus We are a church community that Jesus is building. Jesus himself says to Peter, even the gates of hell will not prevail against this. Okay? Not against this. Because this is something that is not just a club, a gathering, a good idea that some people had one time. No, this is something so much bigger, mysterious, and powerful than all of that. This, this thing we do, This thing we are together, this common life, this shared community, this church in which we come 
together and unite and, in a sense, become one. This is messy. And this is real. And this matters. And this is beautiful, like Amy just sang. This is, and we are, by the grace of God, Emmaus Church community. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have created something beautiful on real people who embrace the truth that you are the Christ and it is your chosen avenue by which to bring restoration and wholeness to the whole world. May we celebrate that. May we join in that with our whole hearts. Please forgive us for where we fall miserably short. And I pray that as we celebrate your work here among us in the next few minutes, that you would, you would receive the glory. And that we, in the midst of the messiness and craziness of our lives, we would be deeply encouraged. Be part of a church community in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you welcome with me our associate pastor, Angela Henning. Well, I just wanted to give you a quick update about what's going on in youth ministry. I thought I'd share some facts with you. Um, did you know that between mid-August and mid-December of 2019, we served 1,140 meals on Wednesday nights? That is crazy. And it's a huge, huge thank you to Kelly Easley and now Carrie Kahn, who are helping feed our kids on Wednesday nights. It's just a great ministry. Um, in the beginning of 2019, our youth groups were meeting at different locations, and we decided maybe we should simplify things. We're trying to deal with new challenges. Let's just, let's just put them all in one house, which is the theater, one building. What we didn't expect with putting everybody into one building was a giant jump in our numbers. Um, Fuel 45, which is our fourth to fifth grade group, grew by 480%. So we went from having an average of five kids to 24 kids up there, and it's a hopping place. So, <laughs> and it's amazing, and we have great volunteers. Um, Ignite, our middle school um, group, doubled in size. I'm not sure what happened there, but they just did. So we went from 15 to we're averaging 32 kids on Wednesday nights up in that loft room. Um, and then Ember, our high school group, has grown um, by 20%, although this week kind of had that big jump. But we have 40% of the kids who are now attending our high school group weren't even a part of the high school group last year. So we're having new faces, people from the neighborhood. It's just beautiful. In fact, we thought, you know, the first week we had 65 people here, and we're like, okay, that's a lot. Maybe that's just a, um, a temporary thing. And then this Wednesday we hit 80 and it just keeps going. So we're just really excited about what God is doing here on Wednesday nights. Um, in addition to those who have already been faithfully serving on Wednesday nights, we have 12 new leaders volunteering their time on Wednesdays. Um, three of these leaders are interns from William Jessup who have committed to us for an entire year. They're coming on Wednesday nights, and they're also serving at the Foundry, and that's just beautiful. Um, Wednesdays are loud. This house is very full. If you think it's loud, you have no idea. Come on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's really loud. Um, we're constantly trying to figure out new ways, where to put the kids, where, how this youth group's going to use this part of the sanctuary. We break things, you know, it just is what happens. But it's amazing because this is what we're supposed to be using our house for. We're touching our community. 
Um, almost every week, we have new kids. We have families whose first experience with our church is on Wednesday nights now. And they're finding a place in our community starting on a Wednesday night. Um, in downtown Lincoln, this theater, people are seeing that there's a place for their kids on Wednesdays. And for some, again, that's becoming this entry point into our community. So thank you for supporting the youth. It's such a big part of who we are, such a big part of our community. Um, I want to share also about uh, something we're going to be offering during spring break this year. We're doing something completely different. It's called Serve Local. Um, it's going to be April 5th through 9th. And instead of going far away, we're going to serve our community. And we're going to have a lot of different experiences. We're going to go to different sites each day of the week, from Paradise to Sacramento to even Lincoln. And we're just going to work hard during the day and then have some great um, team-building experiences at night, kind of deepening our community both through work and play. But one of the things that's the beautiful part about going local is I have opportunities for anyone who wants to maybe just commit to one day. Maybe you want to lead a construction project and we need some help on, like on the Monday. Please let me know. We're going to have construction. We're going to have some service to the homeless. There will be a lot of things going on. So it's just a great way for, even if you're not in junior high or high school, you get to jump in and serve one another. So um, serving and giving has always been a value of our community, even from our youth all the way up. And right now I'm going to invite our executive pastor, Rich Lester, to share more about that at Emmaus. Hello. I get the funnest part of this every year to share about numbers and money and all that stuff for the few of you in the room that enjoy that sort of thing. So, yes, I got a CPA back there. All right. So um, as I address the financial elements of our community, I wanted to focus a little bit on um, how we give and how we steward um, the collective resources of our community. Uh, just for a little bit of context, our general budget, like our general fund budget, the amount that you guys tithe and give to the church in 2019, the total income was $570,000. So, um, but here's the great part, is that uh, as a community, a portion of that uh, gets given away, right? Um, and, and then there was additional funds that you guys gave as well. So a total of what we gave out of house last year and I'll go into more detail, it was $215,000, which is, which is awesome. So kind of where that went, there's, a, let's see, there's a little bit of information on this sheet right here in the top right-hand corner, but uh, $124,000 went to the foundry, went to the foundry to run the foundry, $19,000 uh, to address local needs uh, through Emmaus. So that is everything from uh, single parent uh, support to people's cars breaking down and paying for uh, uh, PG&E bills and different things like that to, to address local needs uh, directly through the church. Another $7,000 went to camps and uh, college scholarship funds. Uh, and then uh, $64,000 went to partner ministries. And I'll briefly uh, give you an overview of those. Uh, you have Acres of Hope, uh, who we gave to last year, uh, who provides safe family environments for women and children uh, to break the cycle of homelessness. Sierra Pregnancy and Health, uh, who provides free medical services for pregnant moms. Uh, reproductive health grief care, so people that have uh, experienced pain in that area. And then also protects the lives of the unborn. Um, the Salt Mine, 
uh, who is our neighbor directly across the street who is feeding the rest of our neighbors. <laughs> um, and then Point Loma Nazarene University, uh, we uh, support them through giving, uh, monthly actually, and then also more locally, William Jessup University. Uh, we're also a partner church of William Jessup. If you are going to William Jessup or you have kids that are going to go to William Jessup, they actually get a little scholarship as being a part of the church because we are a partner church of theirs. Uh, and then the Nazarene Missions International, it's actually called like Nazarene Global Evangelism Fund. Uh, but that is planting churches all over the world. There are a ton of churches all over the world, as well as actually helping local Nazarene churches as well that are struggling. Uh, and then Agape International Missions, uh, who is uh, fighting the uh, sex trade trafficking in Southeast Asia. So um, there, a lot of funds are coming in and then back out of this house. Uh, so you guys are definitely participating in something wider than just keeping the lights on, even though half the lights went out this morning. We had a little, you notice that? It's a little darker in here. So, um, yeah, that was fun. Thanks, Jeff. Um, so, speaking of missions, I want to reintroduce to you guys the Whites. Um, a little while ago, Dave spoke uh, from this stage and gave an uh, awesome sermon about uh, the increasing effectiveness as you um, get a little bit older in how you impact the kingdom of God. Um, so, uh, Whites, why don't you guys come up here? So, for the last several years, Dave and Sandy have called Emmaus home. You guys have definitely seen them around serving, yes. Uh, so prior to the Whites being here, they served as full-time missionaries in the Philippines for a long time. How long? 32 years. 32 years? Yeah, for a while. Uh, and uh, now they're in the process of relocating back to the Philippines after um, receiving healing and wholeness and with uh, some really awesome uh, reports in Sandy's health. And uh, we recently got a newsletter from the Whites about some of the progress that's being made in their missionary efforts in the Philippines. And we thought it was a great way to just kind of introduce um, what they're doing. Um, so I'm going to read from them, unless you have really good eyes and you can read it from here. Um, I might actually ask you to pronounce some of these names because that's not going to work out for me. Um, <laughs> So the abundant fruit in the Philippines continues to become even more abundant. I was very encouraged by the reports of our trainers yesterday. Pastor Ombi, Ombi Lontok, okay, um, one of our best trainers, wanted to strengthen his example to his trainees, so he's been spending more time in his, local, his own local church. From 60 members four years ago, now they have 605 members, <laughs> around 300 uh, um, are now in their mother church and around 300 more in, in their daughter churches. Pastor I can't read it. Rovolito Zululeta. There you go. <laughs> uh, reported 1,042 baptisms <laughs> oh my God. of new believers from his trainings this past year. Wow. Yeah, Pastor Joe Sanchez reported that the total membership in all the churches in the district he supervises has grown from 2,000 to 6,000 wow. in the last three years. The fruit of Pastor Rene, I think I got that one, uh, is uncountable. He pastors a church of 90 members 
Uh, they have planted 37 daughter churches in the last three years. About 40 in their outreach Bible studies are close to becoming churches. I sat down with them to try to track the growth. He has well over 1,000 new believers in the new daughter churches, maybe over 2,000. He can't keep track. <laughs> uh, I'm going to work with him on that. Now, uh, it's not essential to count everything, but we do have a book in the Bible called Numbers. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, um, so here's the thing. Uh, today is the last uh, day that the whites are going to be with us mm -hmm. um, at Emmaus for a little while at least. And um, so they're heading back this week to the Philippines. Um, and so first of all, I just wanted to honor your guys' work. You guys are heroes in the kingdom. You're an inspiration to us. You guys have sacrificed so much to do the will of God, but just as I've gotten to know you guys, um, you guys still have maintained the love of God while doing the will of God, and that is a huge testimony to you guys, and so we thank you for that. Um, we're grateful that you found the temporary home here and that we've been able to be a part of your guys' story and your, your journey back uh, to the Philippines. Um, so Dave, do you have any, anything quick you want to say? Well, when we came home almost three years ago now, Sandy had cancer, so we came home to recover. And so this has been a, a very great temporary home. So you've all contributed to our recovery, and now Sandy is recovered, so we're ready to go back. And as we go back, we uh, go back very much with you a part of us. So we look forward to continuing our relationships with you and uh, you participating through us in Jesus building his church in all nations. Mm -hmm. So to help keep in touch, we have a prayer letter that we send out regularly. Many of you signed up a couple months ago. If you haven't, we invite you to sign up. There are sign-up sheets at this table, at the coffee beans, and in the bookstore. And we'd love to keep in touch with you in that way. So thank you so much for being a part of our lives, and we look forward to continuing. Amen. 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 So... Um, there's a big difference between leaving a church and being sent by a church. Mm -hmm. a big difference. Um, imagine your kid running up, you know, running away. That's different than when you send them off to college, right? right. It's a big difference. And so we are sending them, um, and this is our family. This is our family going to the Philippines. This is our community going to the Philippines. Right. So, Nate, would you do yeah. the honors of praying and sending them out? Absolutely. And please pray with us. Yes, and as we have done ourselves, my family... We've literally shown pictures of our daughter to friends. She's in college now. You know, it's like, and it's like, bring your attention to this, to her, and share our joy and our hopes. Let's do that with the whites, maybe with a raised hand, maybe just lift in your mind, lift them to the Lord as we pray for them. God, thank you for this couple, for Sandy and for David, for the good work that they've committed their lives to, that they have been so committed to, in fact, that they have longed to return, uh, even in the face of grief and real difficulty. Would you empower them by your Holy Spirit to support and guide and lead and sacrifice for and train and love the local leaders of your church in the Philippines? And may you continue to pour out your grace on the church there and on these two servants of the Lord, your children whom you love we send them out with great trust in your ability to care for them and support them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
One more thing. Yes. <clears throat> Are you going to say that? Do I say that? Um, yes. You remember? Yes, I remember. I thought you wanted to say this. I want to say this. I thought you did. Now I really want to say this. Oh, good. Before you sit down, David and Sandy, quick little one more thing. Yes. Go ahead. So um, in, uh, I guess, December... Oh, I didn't even know you were doing that. That's awkward. Um, uh, the uh, Emmaus board, we, as we do our annual budgeting process, and we knew uh, that you guys were leaving, um, decided that we want to financially partner with you guys as well as a church, as a community. And so um, we will be financially supporting you guys as well. So, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Good. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit to the story of a theater and a church. In the 1980s, I don't know if you know this, but there was a, the, the Church of the Nazarene started in Lincoln, California in the 1980s, and that church never grew very big, but they were faithful to giving, and they purchased land in Lincoln in the 1980s. They purchased land in Lincoln in the 1980s uh, when there were like 5,000 people who lived here. Now... There was also a theater in town. The theater actually was built in the 1940s, and by the 1980s, this movie theater was condemned, and there was literally a chain holding those doors closed. Now, Little Nazarene Church in Lincoln never grew very large, and on the day that they decided to close as a church, the literally the same year, the chains on the doors of this theater were taken off, and another church purchased this old dilapidated theater, and they restored it. It's called Heritage Church. <clears throat> Fast forward, then, to uh, four years ago today. Four years ago today, 2016, we were meeting in a school, Foskett Ranch Elementary School. I stood up at a podium, and I remember this because I was super nervous about it, because it was super vulnerable for me. This is what I said. We've been looking for a home for our church for three years. We've been working with realtors, commercial and residential. We have talked to everybody we know. We have walked through dozens of facilities in Lincoln and Rockland. We have nothing to show for it. Nothing. And so I asked all of you to pray that God would give us a home. Later that week, somebody watched that sermon who went to the church that met here, that had turned this, this theater into a house of worship. Long story, that church wanted to sell this theater. So, the leader of that church, Chris Young, and a couple people from his organization had lunch, had pizza with Rich and me in another city. <laughs> Clandestine, right? And without attorneys or realtors, we worked out a deal to buy this building for a million dollars, right? Which is amazing. Um, where did we get a million dollars? That little church that bought land in Lincoln in the 1980s. And in the wisdom, uh, in their wisdom, the denomination, the Church of the Nazarene, they kept that land for a future work. And so $600,000 down payment was made because of the resources that we received from the land that was purchased by that old Nazarene church um, in the 1980s. All right, why don't you take it from there? 
So that left, what, about 350, it was a little more than $350,000. Mm -hmm. um, we, we presented that to you guys and you guys gave a large amount of money. Mm -hmm. And we, st but we still carried a, a balance. And so we um, have been chipping away at it a little bit at a time. Um, and then in December, we Nate gave the challenge for the all skate. You guys remember that email? The all tithe cool. challenge. It was super cool. Yeah, yeah, like let's all let's all participate. It was like 80s child, all right. skate. Remember the all skate? Yeah. So what was the point? I was. So, I talked over you. So the point was that if yeah. we all if we all give we all participate in this community that we could do something beautiful. So now our current balance is. So, <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. That's big fat zero. All right. So who who watches uh, or listens to Dave Ramsey? All right. <laughs> so let's count it down. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is only gonna happen once. <laughs> only gonna happen once. So let's count it down. Three, two, one. We're debt free. Woo hoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm lost because that was too much fun. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah. All right, do you have the yes. paper? Can yes. Pull that up. All right, so uh, um, several folks from that church in, in the 1980s are still part of our community, which shows remarkable perseverance and resilience and representing that they include, I, pr I will probably miss some, but they include the Fickworths, um, Robin and Walter. They include, I'll get to them. Um, let's see, I don't see Stephen and Karen. Um, uh, Teresa Loner was part of that, S several people that are part of our church. But I've invited uh, to represent those who have gone before us and the faithfulness of those who have gone before us and the fruitfulness of those who have gone before, before us. I've invited Bob and Megan to represent our, our past and which has been brought into our present in such a beautiful way to come up and they are going to, um, they are going to do the honors here. They are going to, on behalf of the church, Rich wouldn't let me light the thing on fire in here. I was, I was, so, I was so excited about that. So in, in Rich Lester fashion, we're going to shred this thing. That's right. And uh, Bob and Megan are going to. Would you welcome Bob and Megan Burke? <clears throat> Bob and Megan were part of the church in the 1980s and 90s in Lincoln. When Carmen and I moved here in 2004, they were the first to welcome us to dinner. And they said... We don't know anything about you or your vision for ministry, but we want to help you. And that will never be forgotten. That will never be forgotten. So would you, uh, would you finalize this thing for us? All right. You guys got to clap for this. Did you get a receipt? <laughs> yes? <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, guys. Yeah, love you, guys. Thanks, Bobby. God bless you, guys. All right. Oh, yes. Um, that Chris Young, who pastored Summit Church and uh, reached out to us. This is important because this is a testimony. This needs to always be part of our story. This needs to always be part of our story. Don't ever forget, uh, there are those who went before us, 
And the, the genuine friendship that can be built between churches and the magnification of ministry that can happen when churches partner together instead of go against each other is beautiful. Uh, literally, Chris Young called me on the phone and said, hey, do you guys want to buy the theater when I had no clue that was even on the radar. We got a quick message from him, which we'll roll. He wanted to congratulate us as well. Hey, good morning, Emmaus. God bless you. This is Chris Young, lead pastor of Summit Church right here in Lincoln. And I want to tell you how excited I am for you and with you as you cross this major milestone of retiring debt on the theater. As you know, that place has a special place in our hearts as we did ministry in that space for 10 years. And we could not be happier that it's you that's occupying that space right now and using it to continue to expand ministry and effectiveness and reach and impact in our amazing city. We love our friendship with you. We love getting to be a part of this wonderful uh, moment with you. We're praying for you. We're thankful for you. And not only that, we're giving thanks to God for your increased impact as those dollars can now go to expanding ministry effectiveness in our city. We're thankful for what's to come. Your best days are ahead of you, and we can't wait to see what God's going to do next through Emmaus. God bless you guys. Enjoy your day. You deserve it. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, not a, oh, yes. Um, let's see. Jacqueline and Dan Ellerby with Thrivent Financial did a financial class at my house with a few folks about retirement a couple months ago. They have graciously sponsored a celebration cake in honor of the retirement of our debt. It is in the cafe, and I hope that even though it's in the morning, you have some cake, right? <laughs> have some cake. Um, they provide financial counseling classes. They're offering a new class soon centered around preparing and sending a kid to college, which I should have taken 10 years ago. Um, and so I recommend them to you, and thank you very much for your support, both of you today, and for sponsoring the Celebration Cake. There's some t-shirts and some cake and some brochures out there, and um, I hope you'll, you'll hope, hope you'll enjoy that. Now I'm going to put on my dad shirt, and uh, we own this thing now. So <laughs> we own this thing now. <laughs> and the day we retire the debt, the fuse goes out, uh, which is awesome. And that, uh, that's just the way it is, right? But so here, because there's never a graceful time to talk about this, we are all happy, and you're in a good mood, right? So I'm just going to mention a few things about some housekeeping, because we're growing. We are growing. January was the biggest month we've ever had in the history of our church. We averaged 355 people here uh, on Sundays in January, which is like last year was 310. It's a, it's a significant jump. And you probably can tell it's more crowded. This doesn't feel, we don't feel it here as much as we do in the 11, which has gone from really small to almost the same size. And, uh, and so there are growing pains and changing realities because of the fact that this place is growing. Just a few things uh, that I would invite you to please consider and remember. One, we love the cafe. The cafe is helpful for so many things, but it is primarily for parents of young children during our worship gatherings. We want them to, that's why there's a TV in there, that's why we're piping the sermon out there and the worship. We want um, nursing moms, dads with little toddlers to be able to sit on the couches and run around on the floor out there. Um, so please prioritize 
parents with littles in that space, especially when church is happening, when our worship time is happening. And please remember that though those doors are remarkable at keeping sound out, they're not perfect. So uh, even though you're done worshiping, it happens again at 11. Um, and so please keep that in mind. Secondly, please park as far away as you can um, <clears throat> from the theater. There are two parking lots here, but there's a, the, the farther one is, is empty, empty. Um, county lot, just kitty corner. Leave the street parking as, if you can for people who are looking for church for the first time, trying to figure it out. Oh my gosh, we're three minutes late already. Park as far away as you can. Third, every Sunday there are new people here. Every Sunday. So what that means is all of us need to be hosts. Everybody. If you see somebody you don't know, I know some are better at it than others and more comfortable with it than others. This is your house. Literally now. This is, this is our house we need to be owners here. If you don't recognize somebody, welcome them in. We have coffee for you. Are you new? There's a bag of coffee beans for you. The bathrooms are there. The kid check is out here. There is uh, background checks for kids workers. This is a safe place. We'll take you and show you that kind of stuff. You know? I don't know. Whatever store does the best job in your mind. Let's do a better job than that at, at welcoming people here. Be a host. Fourth, please remember that kids' ministry is staffed by volunteers, people who get ready on a Sunday morning and then spend the whole morning uh, with, with sometimes a room of 20 or 30 little third graders. I mean, it's crazy up there. So um, realize that there is a challenge to, to serve and to teach a large group of kids and that this is not paid-for daycare that anyone's entitled to. This is a class and a formational experience for our children that we want to cooperate together in. Sometimes that means parents are going to need to like go up and provide extra support because your kid's having a hard day. Sometimes you need to just invite your kid to sit here in church with you. We've got big, colorful coat, uh, notes for kids that can be used. Um, so let's, we have such a consistent and effective volunteer kids team that it can be easy to take it for granted, take them for granted, because they're upstairs and they're out of sight. Um, but we cannot afford to do that. It's critical that this is a work of the whole church, that our children are the responsibility of the whole church. Related to that, please consider serving in the kids' ministry. You can, check, you can be part of the check-in team. You can be a buddy for a kid who just needs someone to sit with them because the lesson's not working out for them, but you could talk to them. You could read them a book one-on-one. -on -one. You could sit outside in the hallway with them. Uh, please consider supporting the kids' ministry. We need lots of parent support. We need more volunteers, even though it's the biggest team in the church. Um, almost done. Please don't play chase in the church anymore. Stephen, okay, please. Enter, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just, I don't know why it's so much fun to run in church, but it really is. You should try it. It's so fun to run around in here. But, um, but we're just having so many close calls with elderly folks who just don't get out of the way quite as fast. And, um, and, and it's just, uh, we want kids to love it here. We want kids to feel like, this is my church. And we want them to feel totally comfortable here. And we don't want anybody doing this. But we just need help uh, avoiding lawsuits, frankly. Okay? So um, <laughs> if you could just encourage your kids to uh, run around somewhere else. Uh, there's a town square right there with a great panaderia with great bread. You should have some Mexican bread and let your kids run around out there. Please put a lid on your coffee cup. Thanks so much. <laughs> and uh, you know what? This only works. This only works if everybody gives and everybody serves and everybody's in and everybody's graceful 
and everybody's welcoming, and everybody's honest. We have a beautiful thing happening here. And uh, this is our shared space. Commune, right? This is our shared space. And we want to treat it well and steward this gift. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe this story? I cannot even believe this story. We need to steward this gift responsibly and with a lot of gratitude. Uh, God has equipped us in a way that is astounding. All right. We're almost done with the meeting. A couple more things. Some community news. Uh, we are looking forward to preparing for and praying for an anticipation um, of the ordination of Angela Henning at the beginning of May. So, yes, we're excited about that. <clears throat> this is a very long process in the Church of the Nazarene, and she has been working very hard in preparation for this. And we will tell, more, tell you a lot more about it as the time comes. But we will be partying in May unless you blow your last interview. Uh, so, so don't do that. Good. Pray for, pray for Angela. All right. Um, oh, yes. Another thing. I'd like to welcome officially and publicly those who officially joined our church in 2019. Um, we don't make a big deal about who's a member, who's not a member, but what we do think is important is the expression of commitment to a local church. The expression of commitment. This is my church. You can count on me here. I'm a part of this community. So a few of you are here at the nine. Um, let's see. I don't see Ron, Ron and Louise Ashcock, not yet. They're out of town. Jonathan Wallace is probably upstairs serving the kids. Uh, Sophia Henning, she here? She'll come later? Okay, so far we're 0 for 5. Ruth Ann and Stephen Engman joined the church. Would you, would you stand up, 2019? <clears throat> Welcome. So glad you guys are here. I gave nobody warning about this. Uh, John and Cynthia Vaccaro, they almost always come at the 11. Please welcome them as new members of the church when you see them. Koa D'Angelo, would you stand up, Brother Koa? Welcome, brother. So glad you're here. <clears throat> and I saw Stephen and Julie Montello. Would you also stand up? Just joined the church in December. Yeah, welcome. So glad you guys are here. All right. Uh, two more things. We'll take a break. Uh, so what's next? Uh, the, the, the building. Oh, did I do this? Three new babies. Uh, three new babies in 2019. <clears throat> That's awesome. Uh, maybe there's a couple more that aren't on my notes. Lincoln, can you help me out? Uh, we did that. Oh, no, we didn't. If you want to join the church, our next membership class is March 15th. We'll tell you more about that. That will be, we'll hear more about membership in just a second. Next opportunity to join the church is then. Uh, it is crazy how much exposure people have to our church before they even come to our church. We are hearing this more and more all the time. Not just we looked you up, but we've watched your sermons for the last three or four weeks. We've read your bios, things like that. So we need to help people find us digitally because that's the way it happens nowadays. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're there, Emmaus, Emmaus Church Community. Same with Facebook. There's a podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's basically the sermon every week. You can also watch the sermon on our website, EmmausCommunity.org. If you're into reviews, give us a great one <clears throat> on Google or on Yelp. If you're frustrated with me about something, just give me a review, all right? Just tell me. Um, okay, I think, is that, can you go to the next slide for me? Yeah, what's next? All right, what's next? Just one or two minutes on this. Friends, the building payoff positions us for the next significant work as a church. Uh, we want to do another significant 
work to restore the culture, similar to the foundry, that kind of thing. We're, we're, we don't know what it is. We're dreaming about it. We're visiting places. We're reading books. We're praying together. We don't know what the next steps are going to be, but we know that the next steps are going to be about restoration of this city and restoration of this region. And we want to be prepared and a group of people who are willing and able to respond faithfully to God whenever he reveals what it is that he has for us to do. Here's what's exciting to me about this. Churches, like people, have life cycles. Life cycles. Typically, in North American churches, churches who are young like us, we're 14, are growing like us, we've experienced strong growth in 2019, need to expand, and so they're young and they're growing, and guess what? They're in debt, and they get locked down. There's another category, and that is churches that are late in their life cycle, they're in decline, and they're debt-free. But they're late in their life cycle, and they're in decline. Do you see what I'm seeing? Okay, do you see what I'm seeing? We are early in our life cycle. We are 14, we're we're just starting to get pimples. We're 14 years old, and we are growing Things are happening. The blessing of God is is causing this this community to grow. And, in case you didn't hear, we're debt-free. So we are are positioned, right, to take a step into significant um, impact, lasting impact, that I think um, will probably be something that we are actually probably known for and remembered for beyond even Uh, like just a worshiping community here. So what will God invite us to next? We're not exactly sure, but we're excited because God has positioned us to make a significant impact on this culture for his glory. Amen? Amen.